There's so many great things happening in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's like in the Book of Esther. God has placed each of us in this local church for a time like this. We're just all people, people of God. You know, we're all human. We're all fallen. We're all sinners. I think we put on Christ, we put on love. Put on Christ with us as we learn to witness in new ways, find inspiration in those around us, and look for guidance from the Holy Spirit, our Holy Mother Church, and the shepherds of our local church. Because we're all on a journey. Continue this journey with us now with another episode of Practicing Catholic. Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. I'm producer Kate Lemaire. For many of us, the immigration crisis at our southern border seems so far removed from our everyday lives here in the Archdiocese. Sure, we may read something online or in the paper or watch some news coverage on TV, but it's hard to know what's really happening with our sisters and brothers who are trying to immigrate to the United States. Joining us is Sister Norma Pimentel, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley and keynote speaker at an event titled Immigration Crisis in America here in the Twin Cities coming up on October 19th. Sister Norma, welcome to Practicing Catholic. Thank you, Kyla. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yes. You, so you're quite familiar with what's happening on the border between the United States and Mexico. Um, what are you seeing as you spend time there? What's really going on down there right now? You know, um, well, people are coming from so many places in the world. You know, it's not just Central America. It started with just people from Central America, Honduras, Guatemala, Salvador. But now it has moved to other, other countries, especially like, uh, for example, Haiti, uh, uh, Venezuela, uh, places where there's a lot of... Uh, extreme violence and, and difficulty to for families to live in and, and they they're running away. They're uprooting themselves out of those realities to protect their families and especially their children. And so we it's a never stop. It, it has continued on and and there's a lot of need to to search for places where they can be safe. And the and United States is what everybody sees in the world the safest country to go to. Mm-hmm. And being a daughter of Mexican immigrants yourself and growing up in the Rio Grande Valley where your work is now focused, how does that personal background influence your work um, now and over the years and how do you feel that connection today? You know, God for me is the center of my life. It is who I am and why I am. And so it, it directs me, it's my compass. It, it, it pulls me forward to do to do the right thing, to especially in relationship to others, you know, uh, our humanity in, in connection with others is so important as how we treat each other, how we welcome each other, and so uh, it has always been what leads me and drives me to to reach out and make a difference in the lives of those, and no matter who it is, you know, uh, somebody struggling, somebody in difficulties, you know, it is in me to try to see what can I do to help. Mm-hmm. How have you seen your work change and develop over the years? How has it maybe looked different or the same? Um, yeah, just kind of walk us through. Since uh, in 2014, when we started to respond most recently with, it's almost going to be already 10 years. And and uh, since we, we respond to the latest surge of people, especially unaccompanied children coming to our border and, and, and our communities having to step up and see how we can help the families that were released in great numbers here into our community. And, and so since then and to now, it has just 
uh, the involvement has not stopped, you know, and the need to be present and to reach out and to to try to uh, help be a voice to recognize the humanity part of all of this. You know, sometimes it gets cut up with all the political rhetoric that we hear and whether they should mm. should not come. Ultimately, they're people, they're human beings, and and I have seen how that part of the question gets lost in in, in the whole response as to, well, defending our country and protecting our borders. It's very important, but we cannot neglect the part that's also just as important, if, if not more important, is the humanity part, uh, the dignity of the person that we must all preserve, and we must respond without losing that part of what is how important it is to, to take care of humanity, you know, and that has amplified in great numbers because so many people continue to come and it becomes so controversial now and, and so when you're detached from this reality from being on the ground seeing people face to face and their struggles and their and their, and their pain you know you 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 completely came come up with decisions about how wrong this is or how um, not right it is and you lose sight of the fact that there is a responsibility that we have as human beings, as Catholics, as people of God, to not lose sight of the fact that a human being is our responsibility to take care of you know, in every respect. Right. And it's so important to remember that, that human aspect that we're, we're all humans um, and just caring for each other in that way and seeing each other as children of God is so important. And and yeah, like as you mentioned, there is a lot of division over this issue. And why do you think that this issue is so divisive? I think because in my opinion, as I, I perceive how uh, I, it's sometimes hard to understand why somebody would not understand the importance of, of caring for a human being, just mm -hmm. protecting using the right way of responding and doing our job, you know, just because you are a law, enfor law enforcement officer doesn't mean you have to forget the humanity part. And and and, and, and really, I, I have great admiration to a lot of men and women of, of the law enforcement here in the border. They're doing an amazing job and they care about the families and the response is, is amazingly great. And so, but I think when you don't see the pat, the person up front and see their faces, see their struggles, it, you know, we get detached from that human reality. It's easier to come up with conclusions that are not okay, that, that do not respect the dignity of the human person in our response and, and think of this as a problem we just need to get rid of, you know, and so, a person is not just get rid of is let's figure out the right measures and proper procedures to, that we must implement immigration reform that will help clarify so many things to identify ways of people to have pathways correct pathways to enter the united states properly and legally and correct you know and all of that is pushed aside just to do the enforcement part and, and i think that that is wrong mm -hmm. And when working with or talking with um, someone who um, may see this issue in a different way, who's maybe holding on to anger or fear, how do you respond to them to remind them of the dignity of the people in front of them? 
You know, I, 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 one time I ran into a lady that at the supermarket, and she obviously saw that I was Sister Norma, and she said, I'm so glad that I see you in here because I'm very worried. I'm scared, you know, and I'm afraid I'm an old lady. I'm by myself in my house, and I hear all this on TV about all these immigrants or criminals, and they're invading our country, and I'm scared. And I said, why are you scared? I said to the lady, you know, I mean, I've been with them, with thousands and thousands of them that are with welcome and care for immediately, and none of them have given me any reason to believe that they're criminals, you know, and, and they're people just like us, you know. And so I think that, that our law enforcement, our Border Patrol and local enforcement here are doing their job to make sure that those who are criminals are not entering the United States that are they that's their job and they do it you know and so the people that we actually receive and help and are released to to be in the United States legally and, and temporarily to process uh, their asylum claims and they're people that were vetted and they are trying to to be here to make a difference in a positive way there's no reason for us to be afraid you know and if there is someone who who is not good I mean, there are proper measures to take to to respond to those people and put them away or and do something that they're not in our communities. I think just like many others that are in our community that may be with criminal intent, there's a procedure to follow for those, you know, but for the majority of the people, immigrants that are coming in these circumstances, they're just people just like us. And they simply want a chance for their kids to grow up in safe spaces where they can be people, families working and going to school and while their their country is not safe to be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Minnesota, as I'm sure you know, is pretty far away from the U.S.-Mexico border geographically. But that doesn't mean that this crisis doesn't still involve us. Um, so speaking of it as a more local issue for Minnesotans, how can we also help this issue and create a more respectful culture in our country? Yes, yes. I think that every community, every every area in the United States that are receiving immigrant families everywhere uh, uh, have a responsibility to create the right uh, welcoming so that the persons, the families can get integrated into the community and be able to uh, take care of themselves, you know. It's for example, I understand that the uh, issuing out license to an immigrant is I think the, mess, the best thing you could do because that way anyone driving the car is responsible to take care of uh, making sure that you know who this person is and and so why not issue a, a driver license? I think that the, that you are doing that in your in your area and I think that others should pick up on that and see the importance of doing that. It's a way to control who's doing what and, and making sure everybody is responsible in the different aspects of the community and so that we don't run into situations where, oh, that person doesn't have a driver's license. Well, why not? You know, they should, you know, and, and other people should learn from you and the benefits of, of identifying people and facilitating them being able to care for themselves and take responsibility for every aspect of their uh, their lives, you know, help them get walking, you know, and not just uh, depend on, uh, on communities and become a burden to a community. Mm -hmm. And kind of, again, digging deeper into this, do you have any suggestions for action steps that a person could take to 
help these like immigrants that are coming into our country, whether um, down at the southern border or people who are coming to Minnesota? Yes, well, you know, I've I've visited so many places in the United States and groups that invite me to go speak, and after after they've organized themselves as a community, uh, so that they can come to say, it's okay, so say, you know, don't worry, just of the people that are helping me at the border, but why don't you help yourselves here in your own community and organize and and start to uh, strategize. What are the things we're capable of doing? Identify what the needs are in your community of the immigrants here in your community and start responding to those needs that you're able to do. And and they're amazed at how much they can do. So they take full uh, action into, okay, well, let's see who our immigrants are and let's see what their needs are and let's see what we can actually do to help them, you know, and so so that they can be part of our community. And uh, it's a it's a win win for everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. And we're coming close to the end of our time, but I just want to ask if you had if you had one message for Americans about the issue of immigration, what would you tell them? I would remind us to go back and think about our holy family. Mm-hmm. They too had to migrate. They too had to flee because the life of the new baby born, born Jesus was in danger. Just like these families are fleeing from circumstances that they find their children in danger. They arrived to a place where they were not welcome. They had to find a place for baby Jesus to be born, you know, and ultimately they found a stable because that was all they they could uh, they could be able to uh, find to protect uh, the Holy Family, you know. And so sometimes that happens to the immigrant families. We shut our door to our own hearts so because we're afraid, mm-hmm. you know. But yet, you know, like baby Jesus in the Holy Family, he brought salvation to us. Mm-hmm. Had we known that. I'm sure every door would have been open for the Holy Family. I think that we have to trust God and and trust that that He's calling us to step up and not be afraid, believe, and do the right thing. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love your connection with the Holy Family. There, um, it's something that like everyone knows that story, but we wouldn't think to apply it to the situation. But it's so so applicable. Sister, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Kayla. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, you can hear more from Sister Norma Pimentel at the Ignatian Volunteer Corps event, Immigration Crisis in America, on Thursday, October 19th. You can register online now at ivcusa.org slash Twin Cities. That's ivcusa.org slash Twin Cities. IVC is on a mission to harness the incredible life experiences, the wisdom, and skills of senior men and women to drive positive change in the world through partnerships with nonprofit organizations, churches, and schools, all of whom are deeply rooted in communities facing adversity. If you're about to retire or if you are retired and are still seeking a meaningful answer to Christ's call, visit ivcusa.org twincities twin cities. 
Thank you for listening. Follow us on social media at Practicing Catholic Show to see what's coming up next. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to be the first to know when the next episode of Practicing Catholic is released. Don't